You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, over at 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we've got a lot to talk about. We are... uh, going to discuss today's game, uh, the recent performances of Greg Allen. We're going to look at the rumored Trevor Bauer Phillies uh, connection, and we'll do some more uh, standings watching as we uh, get closer and closer to that trade deadline. So uh, what a gem by Shane Bieber today. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. A one-hitter, uh, he only allowed one hit and one walk. He struck out 10. And what's kind of amazing is he pitched all nine innings, striking out 10, and only had 102 pitches. That's, you know, he almost had a, a, a Maddox as it was with uh, with having under 100 pitches in a complete game. So that's just a phenomenal game. Uh, it's one of the best performances all year, if not the best performance by Indians, Indians pitcher. Um, clearly star of the game. Uh, the only other base runner was a, a hit batsman. So there, there were three players who managed to reach base. Uh, on the offensive side of things for the Indians, uh, Greg Allen stands out for going three for four and scoring a run again. He did get caught stealing in this game. Lindor and Ramirez also contributed stolen bases. Jose Ramirez goes two for four as he continues to, uh, you know, play well it's nice to see uh some nice insurance runs Lindor pretty much willed them to their second run uh in the uh I believe that was what in the eighth inning yes but uh yeah if you weren't paying watching at home so to just go through that whole inning before Lindor even comes up yeah, uh, Ploiecki, who at that point had a double that scored Allen. That was the only run in the game. Lindor doubles. He steals third when no one's paying attention. Mercado hits a sacrifice fly, and he manages to score. Then on the top of the ninth, uh, the Blue Jays went to Wilmer Font, which immediately led to several Blue Jays fans I follow going, well, this game is over. So that set up the Indians well. Uh, Kipnis fly out. Ramirez single, Bowers double, Leplo ground out, but a run scores, and then Greg Allen with a single scoring Bowers. Uh, so it's, yeah, the Indians take, uh, it's a tough game. Uh, Marcus Stroman was excellent on the other side of things. Uh, seven innings, five hits, one earned run, one walk, six punch outs. Daniel Hudson gave up a run. He has been awesome for them all year. Uh, Wilmer Font has not been good for them this year, and he really uh, helped put it away for the Indians. But, yeah, I mean, it all comes down to Shane Bieber. What a performance. What a game. Uh, I think he is currently the Indians' number one starter. Um, Mike Hattery brought up that, uh, you know, he's an excellent follow, Hatman on Twitter. It might be EHC Hatman. If you, ch- if you type Hattery, you'll find him. But that if you look at uh, just pitching performances this year, that uh, the Bieber has a legit uh, Cy Young candidacy. That he has been that good, that consistent this year. Though when you look at something like FIP, 
and we pull it up here that he's 14th in all of baseball. Uh, names ahead of him, Chris Sale, uh, Zach Ranke, Lucas Giolito, Brandon Woodruff, Mike Soraka, Jacob DeGrom, Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, Walker Bueller. Now here's kind of the shocker, I think. Lance Lynn at fourth, Charlie Morton, Eugene Rio, R- Ryu, and then Max Scherzer. Uh, his numbers, uh, Bieber's, will go up. He has a chance to maybe even jump all the way up past Sale and Granke after this start. But, again, can't say enough about just how good he has been all year for the Indians. He is the only Indians pitcher in the top 30 in FIP, whereas I think last year they had four, or did it end up being five? It might have had five pitchers in the top 15. So it's definitely a different team this year. Um, but what a performance by Bieber. The win today, combined with a Twins loss, moves uh, the Indians just two games back. They are uh, making up ground, and they have a really easy series coming up against Kansas City, who they've been able to own this year. To just go into those, you got Pluckovers, Mike Montgomery. Uh, Indians beat up a Montgomery last time. Plucko pitched really well last time. Uh, Plesak against Junis, a chance for some revenge. Clevenger, who continues to get stronger against Glenn Sparkman, who's been not good this year. And ends with uh, Bauer versus Duffy, who has been very up and down this season. Of course, while the Indians have the uh, Kansas City Royals, the Twins will have the White Sox for four games. Uh, it's a good matchup for the uh, Twins, having Barrios versus Giolito in the game on Thursday because of how not-so-great the Chicago White Sox pitching has been this year. Dylan Cease will pitch on uh, Friday, one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. And then when the Indians have, after this, Kansas City, they go Houston to the Angels to the Rangers, who the upside is the Rangers have fallen off quite a bit. And then they have Minnesota. And, you know, starting Thursday, August 8th. So while the Indians are going through the Astros, Angels, and Rangers at that same time, uh, the Twins have Miami, Kansas City, and then Atlanta. So I think it's still an advantage to uh, to the Twins after this stretch. Uh, Houston is a better team to be than the Braves. Miami is a worse team than the Rangers. And uh, Kansas City is a worse team than the uh, Los Angeles Angels. Now, it looked scarier uh, a few weeks ago when the Angels were playing better. They've been a little up and down, and the Rangers have totally imploded. So, that I mean, the Rangers, if you recall, in June, I was talking about how important that series against the Rangers were because the Rangers were holding down one of those wild-card spots. They're 1-9 in their last 10. Um, you're talking about... You know, Lance Lynn being a top-performing pitcher, they're likely to move Mike Miner because there's a market for that right now, but they could also move Lance Lynn. Uh, Chris Martin's another pitcher who's pitched well for them, who they could look to move. Uh, it's It could be a big fire sale. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what that Rangers team even looks like. By the time the Indians face them, they could have traded half their roster away, it feels like. Um 
but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they approach. Uh, Sean Kelly is another player who could be on the move. Uh, I still wouldn't hate uh, an activation of a. Uh, or an activation acquiring uh, Estrubal Cabrera. His play has not stayed quite as well as it was at the start of the year, but he is still uh, a... Yeah, I mean, he has tailed off. Still has some pop. Good backup bench guy. But uh, Mike Freeman has shockingly played so well in that role. That's not a huge need for the Indians. But, it, I mean, this is where we are. The Indians have a chance in this Kansas City series, if they can go out and sweep Kansas City to at least gain one more game before they have to uh, face Houston. And just circle that calendar. The uh, That series against the Twins is going to be huge. The Twins have dominated the Indians this year in head-to-head matchups. Thursday, August 8th through Sunday, August 11th, four games at Minnesota. After that, Cleveland then has to go to Boston, who's or has Boston at home, who's surging then has to go to New York, who has the best record in the American League. So that's going to be, it's a tough stretch. The upside is after New York, it it really opens up. Because <laughs> then you have the Mets, the Royals, the Tigers, the Rays, who have been on a slide, the White Sox, and back to the Twins. It's, uh, it, you know, it, one of their, <laughs> it's very interesting the end of the year against the Washington Nationals with interleague play. Uh and then the third from last series against the Philadelphia Phillies, who we'll talk about more after the ad break. If you would like to hear your advertisement in this spot right here, uh, you'd like to reach an upscale male audience, uh, especially if you're a Cleveland area business, because we are covered in all three sports on the Lockdown Network, you can email us at lockdown at lockdownpodcasts.com. They'll set you up, talk to the right people, and you could hear your company, your business being uh, advertised right here in this spot. And also, this is a reminder that uh, you can tell your smart devices to play Locked On Indians. Uh, you can tell them to play Locked On Cavs, Locked On Browns, all of your Cleveland sports. Smart devices are enabled and set up, so just tell them to play Locked On, and we will be with you for your drive, for your run, whatever you're doing. We are right there with you. Okay, so an interesting rumor came out today about uh, the Indians talking to the Phil- with the Philadelphia Phillies about, um, J- uh, I wish Jason Kipnis, it's a whole other story, about uh, Trevor Bauer. And, I mean, there's a logic to it on a base level. The basic logic of this is the Phillies need pitching. The Indians have a pitcher who is... Uh, you know, has playoff experience because for as much as, you know, Marcus Stroman has limited playoff experience. Uh, Mike Miner, it's limited. None of these guys have that experience. When you're looking at postseason options, it is a limited market for guys who have that experience and Trevor Bauer stands out. The innate problem with all this is Philadelphia as a team has a really poor minor leagues. Uh, they've had several promotions. They've used trades as well. And uh, they've not drafted particularly great. Um, that's been a huge issue for them. Uh, their draft picks, even though they've had several high picks, you know, uh, Mickey Moniak is not a top 10 prospect. And he was the first overall pick in the draft. You look at, you know, Cornelius Randolph was a high pick, high pay guy. 
and he has not worked out. He's not on any lists. That same year they took Moniac, I believe, was the uh, same year that uh, they took in the second round Kevin Gowdy and gave him a lot of money. He's not on any prospect ranks for them. It's, it, you know, that uh, the draft for them in 2016 just turned into a straight disaster. I mean, there's no other way to put that. When you have the first overall pick, that needs to work out for you as a team. And when they, you have as little as the Phillies have to show for that class, uh, they have had one player reach the majors. That's Cole Irvin. He has produced a negative war. He is a... Let's see. He... I don't know if he has enough innings. I think he still qualifies as a prospect, but he would not be a top 10 prospect. Um, we talked about Moniac, talked about Gowdy. Cal St- Cole Stobe hasn't turned into much. Uh, Jojo Romero looked like a fantastic pick, but he has really regressed this year, and there's a lot of people saying he would be best served as a uh, change of pace guy. And, you know, you just keep going down through this list. Yeah, the only major league player so far has been Cole Irvin. And again, this is when you're picking first overall. You have all that money. Uh, Kevin Cowdy is pitching this year. He had not pitched since 2016. I'm assuming due to injuries. But yeah, missed 2017, all of 2017, all of 2018. Uh, and he is struggling in a ball with it, with everything. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's just, you feel bad for the kid in that case. Cole Stobe, uh, second year in a row at A-ball, struggling to produce. It's, you know, it's, it's ugly. And if you just look at the first round picks for the Phillies in general, it's not gone well. Um, I love the Bryson Stock pick this year. Alex Baum, uh, Baum is, uh, I thought it was a bit of an overdraft at the time, but he's playing so well. It's a great pick. Adam Hazley, I thought, was a, a massive overdraft. He's made it to the majors now, though, and you can't really knock that. Um, we'll see what he turns into. I think he's more of a, a league average outfielder. I mentioned Randolph, who's never really turned into much. Uh, then the year before that, I mean, Aaron Nola was, was spectacular, but... You go with that Nola draft. So Nola seventh, Randolph ten, first for Moniak, eighth for Hazley, third for Baum. It's a lot of top ten picks without much to show for it. And again, this is a minors that is decimated. Uh, Adonis Medina has struggled in Double A. Was a top one hundred guy coming into the year. He is not, um, at least by my opinion, anymore there. Uh, I would already put Stott as the third best prospect in this system personally. Um, Baum has been been excellent but i most think he's going to move to first base which limits his value uh spencer howard is putting up really great numbers at nearly 23 and high a uh he's old for level uh, you know he came from Cal poly it's a good program but it's not a huge program he was drafted just two years ago so i mean he's had some time in the minors but uh they're taking slow he's had you know this year his stuff is just kind of taken a leap that's that's where it is i mean he was more of a uh a reliever in college and he's really starting to kind of come into his own he's an interesting prospect but when you look at numbers you have to point that out and then after that it's just kind of a eh, like uh you feel really good about 
Luis Garcia, who's just played an A-ball. He's more of a defensive first guy, from what I recall. You know, Romero's down. Uh, Moniac's playing well this year, but, I mean, anyone plays well in Redding. It's a terrible park. Uh, Damon Jones is kind of the uh, the riser in the system, uh, a lefty with some good performance, big lefty in AAA, kind of like a third piece, good third piece in a deal. Um, but, yeah, there's just... There is not a lot there for the Phillies to use in any type of trade. Uh, in general, I just... And if the Phillies as a team, if we just pull them up right now as I'm talking, it's like I guess Nick Williams is a someone they would look to, to trade as kind of a depth guy. But if Nick Williams was really that good, he would play for them more. Uh, this is a team that has really struggled to put together a starting outfield. Um, you know, they went out and traded for Jay Bruce. Uh, didn't give up much, not really paying much. And it's, I mean, it, it he's been... He's been Jay Bruce for them, and that that's better than what they're getting. But uh, Aduba Herrera was uh, very much declining, and then you know the domestic uh, abuse and suspension with that. Andrew McCutcheon was playing quite well, and then he gets hurt. Uh, Scott Kingery has kind of been pushed out into that outfield, and he's been excellent uh, offensively, defensively, not as much. Yeah, it's a team that. It's like, well, Roman Quinn is a young outfielder that's kind of interesting. I mean, they just don't have, you know, a, a few years ago, guys like Aaron Alther were a little more interesting. And, yes, they do have some uh, some pitching depth with, uh, you know, it's like Nick Pavetta just got sent down. But part of the thing is, like, Nick Pavetta gets sent down because he's not performing well. Uh, Jared Eikhoff is, isn't doing much uh, there there is not it's like if you are the indians and you are this close to the division lead if you're trading bauer you have to get a player who can help now you have to and there is not a player in the phillies minors that can help you now and there's not really a young player that excites you or intrigues you like I said, again, Nick Williams is the most interesting one, and he is, you know, he's played 55 games this year, and the statistics are pretty horrific. Uh, two years ago, he was uh, about a league average bat when he had a, he had a chance to play every day, but he was uh, below average defensively. It's, you know, he's one of the players they acquired in the, um, the Cole Hamels uh, deal back in the day but it, you know there's a reason why he hasn't gotten the at-bats this year and that's just the final thing it's like they went out and traded it's Bruce Kingery Harper that's their outfield um, yeah I just I do not see a fit it would have to be a third team and I don't understand even then how that would work but I mean it, unless it's something along the lines of like what I discussed with the Kansas City Royals at one point, where uh, the Phillies send prospects to a third team who then send um, two players to the Indians to uh, who could play for them. You know, maybe one who plays now and then a, a future player that's close or 
you know, in that case, it was Whit Merrifield. So Merrifield has more value than Bauer. So I wouldn't expect more than that. But yeah, something along those lines is the only thing that would make sense. The Phillies, straight up as a deal with the Indians, do not make any sense. And I can't see Bauer to Philadelphia happening in a one-on-one deal. And if it did, um, unless it was like Scott Kingery coming back, uh, I would be extremely disappointed. Uh, offensively this year for the Phillies, you know, Reese Hoskins is fantastic. Obviously, they're not trading him. But second on the team in uh, WRC Plus is Scott Kingery, who does have lots of years of control left and is a uh, just a 25-year-old player. So uh, next guy up who has appeared in uh, at least uh, 50 games, you have Andrew McCutcheon and then Bryce Harper. So he is fourth on the team. Fun fact, uh, if you take out the pitchers, after Bryce Harper, the next best uh, WRC plus on the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, Brad Miller followed by Jay Bruce. So a pair of former short-time Indians right there at the uh, the back end of the Phillies. Before I end the show today, I did want to talk about Greg Allen. Greg Allen started the year about as putrid as one could be. He was playing worse than Stamets and Moorhoff, and... I was often overlooking it because, you know, at least Allen had some history of success the year before. And when I saw him in double A, I was always really impressed on with his defense. He always made the right call. He always read the ball well. He broke well. He moved well. Uh, and his speed allowed him to cover a lot of ground. Uh, but he was terrible. So at the end of April, he gets sent down. He gets to come back at the beginning of May through the... Uh, a little bit in June, and he starts playing better. He's close to league average. In the month of July, he's gotten regular playing time. So he's hitting 455 with a .556 on base, a .773 slugging, and a .1328 OPS. Now this is in just 22 at-bats. So incredibly small sample size. But it doesn't change the fact that he's at least an above-average defender for the Indians. He's making contact, he's playing well, and I like that he's getting more at-bats. Um, since he, you know, he's a switch hitter, uh, I would really, if I dive into the splits from last year, we can just look at, uh, gives us kind of, because he played so much last year, a better of idea that, uh, I mean, he's better against righties than lefties, but uh, someone like where depending on what the Indians do at this deadline. I mean, it's pretty clear right now the worst position offensively for the Cleveland Indians is second base. Uh, Naquin and Leplo makes a decent outfield platoon. Uh, Mercado is solid in center. That other spot in the outfield could also use an upgrade. Um, we talked about the Puig deal yesterday. Uh, Ramirez is hitting. Lindor is fantastic. Santana is fantastic. Bowers gets the job done at DH. Uh, Perez is fantastic. So it's second base in the outfield spot. So... If Greg Allen can fill that outfield spot, or if a Greg Allen, Daniel Johnson, I mean, it's not a great platoon, what am I saying? Because <laughs> I believe Johnson is, is right-handed, so, uh, or no, if he's right-handed, I think he's left-handed. Either way, it's they have a pair of young, interesting outfielders who, and right now, I really hope they'll continue to play Allen every day. He's playing well, and he provides value in the field and with his bat. If nothing else, Greg Allen is a really nice fourth outfielder for this team for a lot of years to come. Just one of those glue guys who uh, he can pl- 
play multiple positions defensively. He can run well, and he can start in a pinch. So just wanted to give some kudos to Greg Allen and his performance this year. I want to give kudos to all of you who are listening, rating, reviewing, subscribing. Our numbers are way up. We're starting to crack uh, over 300 listens, which isn't bad. When you consider we're at points, we were below 200 a month ago. We were up like 27%, I think, from uh, just a month ago. So again, thank you. Our numbers are growing, and I appreciate it. Uh, you guys are helping make it grow. So thank you again, and as always, go Tribe.